It's the Shabbos of uh, Korach. It's the Shabbos of Korach. In the, uh, what we'd like to talk about is the role of Datan Aviram. The first pasuk in the parasha, which I didn't put on the sheet, but which you all know by heart, I'm sure, says, Vaikach Korach ben Yitzhar ben Kahat ben Levi. So Korach is the first person. And then the second people mentioned are Datan v'Aviram. Datan v'Aviram. Rashi says, also not on the sheet, Rashi says, Datan v'Aviram. Bishvil sheyashevit ruven sharui b'chaniyatam teimana. The tribe of Ruven uh, was in the south. Shachain lekahat uvanav achonim teimana. And kahat one of the families of Levi were also in the south. Nishtatfu im korach b'mach lo katoi. O l'rasha v'o l'shcheno. So datan v'aviram, the question that Rashi asks, I mean the kind of hidden question, is how did datan v'aviram get into this argument? I mean, how did the Bnei Uvein? get into the argument with Korach. I mean, there's no connection. So, Rashi says, Oy that the Bnei Kahat, who were the kind of instigators, at least some of them, were in the south of the Machane, of the camp. And so, Ruvain, who was also in the south of the Machane, they got into it. You know, people, so Oy the Rasha are the people who challenged the kahuna they wanted to get to become kohanim and um it's been a and their neighbors bene uh, datan Aviran and on ben pellet bene Uvein, kind of were associate wicked people you know they got into it that's what that's what rashi says however later on in the parasha there's a interesting discussion with Datan v'aviram. So this is on the sheet. And the sheet says this, Vayishlach Moshe l'kro l'datan v'aviram b'nei aliyah v'ayomru lo na'aleh. So Moshe Rabbeinu, after Moshe Rabbeinu discusses the future of Korach and Adato and all the people and the tests that they're going to go through, he calls Datan and aviram. And they said something. We will not go up. Either we'll not go to Moshe Rabbeinu, we're not going to go to Eretz Yisrael. I mean, they said something. So here, the Tanva Abiram have an argument. They're not just neighbors. They're not just neighbors of Korach. But they have an argument, and their argument is, we don't want to follow Moshe Rabbeinu. But look, he, we started out in a good way, and now we're in a bad way. And we're not going to follow Moshe Rabbeinu whatever he, in whatever he a- actually says to us to do. Now, if you look at Rashi, by Moshe, Rashi has an interesting idea. 
Right, Rashi says, Mikan, Shein Machstikin Bemachloket. Right, you shouldn't be like the Irish. You shouldn't just like keep the Machloket going forever. Even when you don't know any longer what it is that you're fighting about exactly. He says, Rashi says, Mikan, Shein Machstikin Bemachloket. I don't know if Rashi knew about the Irish. Shehayam Moshe Mechazer Achareihem Lashlimam Udivrei Shalom. That Moshe Rabbeinu worked hard to get them to, uh, worked hard, Moshe Rabbeinu worked hard to get them to, to make peace with each other, to make peace with him. And they said, Lo na'aleh. Lo na'aleh. Rashi, Pihem hichshilam. She'ein lahem ela yirida. Lo na'aleh. They, they, they meant to say something else, but they said, we're not going to go up. And so Rashi said, you mean, we're going to go down. It was Moshe Rabbein who came to them and said, let's make peace. And they said, what, you think it's been bad till now? Now it's really going to be bad. It's really going to be worse. <coughs> so now we're up to Pasuk Yudalit. Aflo otanu. You didn't bring us to a good place. We're not going to go up, wherever up is at that moment, up to wherever. So Rashi says, In other words, you have to connect this phrase to the low above, right? In the in Pasuk, you'd bet it said, Lo na'ale. Klomar, lo haviotanu, velo natata lanu nachlat sadevakarem. You didn't bring us to a desired place with a sadeh and a karem. A vineyard, a field, a vineyard. We're here in the desert. We're in the desert all the time. Amartalanu, aletchem eonim itzayim leretz of Adchalavud Rashi. You said that you're going to, you Moshe Rabbeinu, said you're going to take us from this miserable place, Mitzrayim, to a great place. The land of Canaan, Misham Hotzeitanu, Velo Eleretz of Achalavet Vashevi Otano. You didn't bring us anywhere. No, no Zaha, no Zavat, and no Chalav, and no Dav, no Davash. Ela Gazarta Aleinu Lamitainu Bamidba. You are the one who, it because of you, it was determined that we should all die here in the desert. Shamatolanu. Here in the desert, you're all going to uh, uh, die. So, so Datan Vaviram, they have a real complaint against Moshe Rabbeinu. They, they, it doesn't matter to them whether they should be punished for the Chaita Egel, they should be punished for the Chaita Meraglim. They're not talking about that. They're saying, listen, Moshe Rabbeinu, you promised us. You promised that you're going to bring us there. It's Canaan. That was your job. Okay, we did whatever we did, but in fact, you are not bringing us to Eretz Canaan. In fact, we're all supposed to die out here in the middle of nowhere. So the last phrase is, Rashi says, like to put out our eyes, you know, in something you'll, you'll, uh, you'll put in a nail and knock out the eyes. He says, even if you do that to us, lo What does lo mean, according to Rashi? Uh, 
One second. What is what is the pasuk says? I feel Adashim Elo Lo Naale. I feel Atasho Lech Lenaket Einenu Lo Naale Lecho Lo Naale. Okay, it's like a little bit difficult, you know, uh, to get that shot out of the pasuk. But that's what Rashi. That's how Rashi uh, 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 does it. That's how Rashi does it. Well, so what do you say? So, so, so this is a different discussion than the discussion that Korach had. There was the discussion of the Bnei Levi and the discussion of Datan Aviram. And even though Rashi says in the beginning about Datan Aviram that they were not schleppers, that they went along with Korach, so they should have had the same argument with Korach. But in the way of ideologies, the Nachschleppers, they developed an ideology also. And their ideology was anti-Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership. They said, no more Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu is not fulfilling his promise. He promised to bring us to Eretz Canaan, Eretz Avat Chalavud He's not going to do it. And as I said, they were not so concerned about the fact that they, they did terrible things, the Chet Egel, the Chet Baraglin. So they deserved to be prevented from going to Eretz Yisrael. But they didn't care about that. They said, look, Moshe Rabbeinu, we had a deal. When you took us out of Mitzrayim, you said you're going to bring us to Eretz Canaan. You're not bringing us to Eretz Canaan. We're going to die in this miserable desert. Whether the desert was miserable or not, there's a discussion, uh, uh, for a different, for a different parsha. Right? The parsha of Shlach. Last week's parsha we talk about, what were they going to give up and what were they going to get and how bad was it in the midbar? Well, this is something that, that is a very common uh, discussion. Okay, so now we have an amazing response by Moshe Rabbeinu. You see uh, Pasuk Tetvav? Rashi says, HaNashim HaHem Kadam HaTolek They were responsible. He says, like, what about us? We didn't do anything. We would have gone to Eretz Yisrael. Why are we being punished collectively? Why are we being punished collectively? Because we want to go, well, we tell you now we want to go to Eretz Yisrael. Alright. Pasuk Tedvav. Pasuk Tedvav is a noteworthy Pasuk. It says, Moshe Ma'od. Vayichar means Moshe Rabbeinu found this um, abominable disgusting, he got angry, I mean, all of those, all of those are possibilities for the word, charon, charon means anger, charon afashem, vayichar, right, so all of those things, so, so, Moshe Rabbeinu reacted badly to what he heard, all of a sudden, it's his, his fault, that they're not going to Eretz Yisrael, can you imagine that, that that was what he was being accused of. As a, I'm just reading the psukim with Rashi, right? Moshe Rabbeinu has been accused of not exerting leadership. Pasuk tetvav. Vayichala Moshe me'od. Right? Me'od means very in English. But very uh, is, is really mild. It's a very mild kind of word. Maybe whether you are angry or very angry doesn't make so much difference. But in Hebrew, me'od means... A lot. First of all, you know the Rambam. The Rambam said that anger is an unacceptable human trait. I'm saying unacceptable. You can't get angry. Surely, Moshe Rabbeinu cannot get angry. Because what does anger do? 
anger dulls your ability to reason. You know, when you're angry, just think back to the time you were angry at one of your children. Reason is out of the question. Right? That's, that's anger. And since Moshe Rabbeinu re- represented the Torah, Re- Moshe Rabbeinu represented the truth, and therefore he had to always be Moshe Rabbeinu, and he couldn't be angry. Anger was a contradiction in essence to what Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to be. And so when the Rambam has to explain the chait, the chait of uh, next week, the chait of hitting the rock instead of speaking to the rock, what everybody knows, as the Abarbanel says, and other Mephar says, what difference does it make if you hit the rock or you speak to the rock? I mean, for most people, nothing's going to happen, right? You speak to the rock, it doesn't give water. And you hit the rock, it doesn't give out water. So if you hit the rock and it got water, why is that called the Chil Hashem? What's the Chil Hashem here? I mean, it's still a great miracle. So the Rambam explains. The Rambam says, no, 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 the hate of Moshe Rabbeinu was that he got angry at Bnei Yisrael. And when he was angry at Bnei Yisrael, he was not, he was not representing the truth of the Torah. That's what anger is. That's what anger, that's what anger does. So the Rambam says, the Rambam says, anger is not an acceptable midah. It's not an acceptable human trait. And so if you have anger inside you, you gotta get rid of it. You gotta get rid of it. So the Rambam, the Rambam has a certain idea about how you get rid of like a behavioristic idea of how you get rid of unacceptable, unacceptable human uh, traits. But the idea is, I mean, the idea that I wanted to mention here was that anger is not acceptable. It's certainly not acceptable according to the Rambam for Moshe Rabbein. What does it say in our Pasuk? Our Pasuk says, Vayicha Moshe Ma'ot, which means, therefore, according to the Rambam, that Moshe Rabbeinu at this minute was not Moshe Rabbeinu. He wasn't, like he was not able to reason through the Torah in the situation that he found himself in. That's what anger is. So, Vayichar lemoshe ma'od, Vayomer Hashem, Al-Tevin el-Milchatam ve-Lolcham, Al-Tevin el-Milchatam, Mincha, Mincha, it's either a Korban Mincha, as everybody says, or a Tefillah. Even though the word mincha uh, means usually a korban mincha. Korban mincha is a meal offering. It's a korban, a sacrifice, that is whose base is meal, instead of an animal sacrifice. That's a korban mincha. But the word mincha also means, the word mincha also means a prayer. Uh, so when, when Moshe Rabbeinu says, al tefen al minchatam, it could be either. Do not accept their mincha, datan va'aviram. Lochamo echad mehem nasati v'loriyoti et echad mehem. Then Moshe Rabbeinu says something that seems totally irrelevant. What, what, what is lochamo echad mehem nasati? Nasati means I take, like it's a kind of a kinyan, lasait, to pick up. He says, lochamo echad mehem nasati. Nobody gave me a donkey, and I didn't take a donkey from them. What is Moshe talking about? What is, what is, if Datan Vaviram are guilty, so they should be punished? What is HaKadosh Baruch? What does Moshe Rabbeinu have to give advice on the matter to HaKadosh Baruch? But moreover, 
what possible connection is there between the donkey that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't take from them and the punishment that they deserve, the Tanga Aviram? What's the, what's the connection? Simple pshat. What is a simple pshat? So Rashi says, So first of all, Rashi changes. You see, nitzta'er, the word nitzta'er, is not the word kas, anger. It's a different word. It's a legitimate feeling. Because what was Moshe Rabbeinu? What Moshe Rabbeinu, these people are coming, they don't understand that they also have to be punished. That they're also in the community of Israel that rejected God with the Egel Azahav and then rejected Eretz Israel with the Miraglim. Nitzta'er. I mean, it's like a Rebbe who is teaching or a teacher who teaches students and then after all his hard work, he realizes that no one understood what he said. That's Nitzta'er. So Rashi changes the story. A story from Haron to Tsa'ar. And that change is something that we're going to come back to, right? Al-Tefer al-Milchatam, Rashi. I'm back in Rashi. Lefib Shuto. Tomorrow, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu said that everybody's going to come with a ktoret. The ktoret is a, uh, what's a ktoret? You know, like that smelly stuff, the sense. What? Incense. Incense. Everybody's going to have a sensor, which is a way of saying frying pan. And in the frying pan, they're going to put incense. And this is like, you know, a very, a very special kind of korban, and if HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepts it, so okay, and if not, they're going to be punished on the spot. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Al-Tefen el-Minchatam, Mincha, I told you, is a meal offering. A meal offering is also bought in a censer, in a frying pan. So el-Minchatam, Rashi says, he changes it, what korban are I talking about? You know, Rashi, Rashi, this is like called contextual uh, 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 interpretation. Mincha. There, there is no mincha in this story. But there's a ketoret in the story. Can you call a ketoret a mincha? I guess. According to Rashi. I mean, they're both in frying pans. You know, they both have that aspect to them. So the Rashi says, The Torah says, The Torah says mincha, but it means ketoret. Uh, is the word ketoret you, you, uh, often translated by mincha? No. But, but here it is. You want to make up a, a reason? You think of a reason. But Rashi is even the better reason. That's what Rashi says. Don't pay any attention. Don't, don't turn to them. And you know, you have all these problems with Rashi when he says pshat and drash. Like, why does Rashi say the drash? Why does Rashi say the pshat? So, I like to say that there's a different aspect of things that the drash represents. And Rashi feels that we have to know it. What do we have to know in this case? I know that these people, like Datan, Vaviram, and, and, and the 250 people who were added on to, to Korach, he says, are the korbanot that are given twice every day. Tamid. Every single day of the year. And these Tmidim, these Tmidim are, um, are the Tmidim of, 
uh, of the entire tzibur. I already gives a donation, gives money, and the money is used to buy the tzibidim. So Rashi says, he says, So what does that mean? So that's a problem. In other words, there's a mitzvah tomorrow morning to give korbanot, the korban tamid, tomorrow morning, right? Now that korban tamid that's going to be given tomorrow morning, whose is it? Whose korban tamid is it? It's everybody's korban tamid, right? It's everybody's korban tamid. So if it's everybody's korban tamid, who's included? The Tanvaviram and all the, those, uh, the Hebra there. They're all included. So listen to what Rashi says. When Moshe Rabbeinu said, Al Teifen El Minchatam, he wasn't giving advice to heaven about what he should, what, of course, he knows that God is not going to pay any attention to the, to which? The Ketorah. God's not going to pay attention to the Ketorah. The Ketorah is the test. The Ketorah is the test. All these guys are bad guys, so they're going to be, you know, like, they're going to be punished. That's the Ketorah. So why did Moshe Rabbeinu say, Al Tefen El Minchatam? What's he talking about? So Rashi says, according to the Medrash, the word Mincha means Korban Tamid. Korban Tamid. What's a Korban Tamid? The Korban that's going to be given tomorrow morning by all of Am Yisrael. All of Am Yisrael includes Datan Raviram and these 250 guys. Therefore, Datan Raviram are going to get like some kind of a schut. They're going to get some credit, even though tomorrow they're going to be carrying around this mincha, this ketoret, I'm sorry, this ketoret sacrifice in the frying pan, and they're going to get fried as a result. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at the same time, in the big computer in heaven, they're going to be getting a schut. They're going to be get credit for bringing the korban tamid. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Al tefen al mount minchatam. That's the medrash. Their part in the Korban Sibur should not be accepted liratzon, pleasing God. So that the fire that came down from heaven to eat the Korban Tamid to consume the Korban Tamid should not eat that part that they are donating, whatever that means. So you see that the, that the relationship between the Pshat and the Drash is, is, is a straightforward relationship. Lefib Shuto Rashi says, the Ketoret Al-Tefen which is the simple Pshat, but it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, Rashi's Pshat doesn't make any sense. Why? Because it's like it says that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving advice to God about how God should treat the Korban. I mean, uh, that's something that heaven knows about. So Rashi then says that according to the Medrash, the statement of Moshe Rabbeinu is a lot more um, sophisticated. It's a lot more interesting that Moshe Rabbeinu is davening that the schut that might accrue to Datan Vaviram because they included in the Korban Tamid should not accrue to them. They shouldn't get that. They shouldn't get that schut. So you have this Pasuk Ve'echel Moshel Mo'od Vayomer El Hashem Al Tefer Al Milchatam and then we still have Lo Chamor Echad Behem Nasati. Okay? 
Rashi says, Lo chamor echad mehem nasati, Lo chamoroshel echad mehem natalti. Okay, the word nasati, I told you, is natalti, to take. I haven't taken a single dunking. Afilu kshalachti mimidyan mitzrayu verkafti et ishti vet banai ala chamor, vayali litolo to hachamor mishelahem, lo natalti ela misheli. What do you think? You know, in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu says, look, I'm the shalich tzibur. I'm, the sh- I'm going to take them out of Mitzrayim. So, so, like every other guy who's the head of a company, I should get my expenses. No, I, I get a hotel, I should get a car, I should, uh, you know, get, get, get three meals in a day, you know. Isn't that how it works? You get expenses. So he says, even though I'm Moshe Rabbeinu, he says, uh, Moshe, uh, the Rashi, Rashi's got to answer the question, what Hamor exactly is Moshe Rabbeinu talking about? What is it, which donkey didn't he take? Because, you know, we don't know about any donkey like that. So, so Rashi says, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to Mitzrayim with his family, he had, he could have said, he could have said to B'nai Yisrael, look, I mean, I want, I want expenses, I want a credit card, I've got to live. And I want my family to ride on a very fancy donkey. I could have said that, and I would have been right. I didn't take a righteous, a, a rightful, sorry, a rightful chamor. I didn't take it. I'm reading Rashi. I didn't take expenses. I was on me. The, the expenses. Tagum Unkulus Shacharit, Lishon Arami, Kach Nikrate Anagaria Shalmelech Shachar. Anagaria Shalmelech means the tax that the king imposes. On his Lola Kachli Chamor, again, means the same thing with Unkulus. I didn't take expenses. I didn't, you know, you know, in Israel, Israel, people who travel a lot, often make more money from their expenses than they do from their salary. That's why they're always traveling. I don't know if that includes Paris or not, but he definitely travels a lot of days of the year. So there you have it. The Pesach according to Rashi, Rashi gave us a creative interpretation. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu. Then, Moshe Rabbeinu continues and talks to Korach. But we're interested in Datan Vaviram, so maybe that's enough for us. For now. So let's look at the Rashbam. We're not going to do this carefully as Rashi, but we'll get it. You see the Rashbam under the Rashi? The Unkulus on top is the Unkulus that Rashi quoted. He says, I, I didn't act. I didn't act like a powerful person. I didn't take anything. I didn't take any donkeys. That wasn't my, uh, uh, Well, how could they say that I was, uh, acted, acted in a, in a hysteria manner with shrara, with, with, uh, 
um, strength and power. In other words, you could have read the Pasuk uh, in that way. That, that's also a, a, a phrase. That but basically, you see that the Rashbam goes back to the Pshat of Rashi. Right? That, that we're talking about a real Chamor, and we're talking about a payoff of some sort. Lo Chamor Echad Mehem Nasati. That's what the Rashbam says. Let's look at the Ramban. See the Ramban? Right, the first four lines in the Ramban are a quote of Rashi. Okay, so we know Rashi. the Ramban says. False. <laughs> Why would anybody think that we're talking about this uh, uh, sacrifice that's going to be given tomorrow? The Ktoret, this test, that Moshe Rabbeinu suggested to Korach Vadato is not, is not what, that, that Avram not involved with that. That's only the people who were against the Kuhuna, who wanted to share the Kuhuna with Aaron. But Datan Avram, that's a different matter. So how could Rashi say, how could Rashi say, Al-Kifed is talking about the Ktoret? It's not talking about the Ktoret, because the Datan Avram had nothing to do with this is not a bad kasha on Rashi. You know, we would like to know what Rashi has to say about that. But okay, we could try, but, but we're just in, in moving on. At the moment, it says, Aval Pshuto. Here's the Ramban. The Ramban says, I'm forced to disagree with Rashi and to suggest another pshat. So the Ramban says, Mincha is not the Ketoret, but Mincha is any Korban that they might decide to sacrifice. And in that way, the Ramban, without mentioning it, by the way, it moved us closer to the second interpretation of Rashi. Remember, what was the second interpretation of Rashi? El Minchatam, according to the second interpretation, the Korbanot Sibur, right? The, the Korbanot that are given by the entire community in the morning and in the afternoon. Along comes the Ramban. He doesn't mention that part of Rashi. He doesn't mention that Medrash. But he says, it must be talking about Korbanot. Korbanot that, in the, so Moshe Rabbeinu would say, any Korban that they would bring in the future should not be accepted. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. Then the Ramban says that the word Mincha could also mean Korban or 
or tefillah. Mincha could mean korban or tefillah. So that's his, that's the Rabban's pshat. The Rabban, without saying it, that it comes from Rashi, it seems to come from Rashi. So this discussion between the Rabban and Rashi deserves a little more clarification. I'm not sure we'll be able to do it today, but you could see it. You could see that Rashi, that the Rabban quotes Rashi, but only the first part of Rashi. Why couldn't he quote the second part of Rashi as well? But he didn't. In any event, you see the Ramban? The third wide line in the Ramban. What does that mean? In what way do I have dominion over them? In what way am I forcing my power over them? He says, he says, you know, uh, kings, they just take taxes. Uh, sarim, people who are kind of in charge of, a, of an area. Uh, I mean, this is all medieval. This is medieval history. They take taxes for the people. I mean, it's legitimate. Everything's legitimate. It can, it can go overboard. But I mean, after all, how, where's the king to get money to be the king from? It can't be a poor king. I mean, nobody wants a poor king. Everybody wants a rich king. Just, they don't want to give him money, but they, they're happy that he should be rich. Right, you know, this idea of malchut, this idea of malchut's crept into, I'm not saying it doesn't have any legitimate Jewish sources, but this idea of malchut's crept into chasidut. Right, and there are even chasiduyot that are known for their malchut. For their malchut, you know, like if you happen to have uh, wallpaper in your study that's gold foil. I don't know, I've never seen it actually. I've seen gold paint on the walls. If you go to uh, you know, some palaces in England or you go to the Hermitage in, in Leningrad, things are painted in gold. But did you ever see gold wallpaper? Ah, that's really something. You have to beat out the gold, you know, very, very thin, and then somehow tack it on the wall. Now, this was a well-known um, Hasidic preference in certain Hasiduyot, as was the Agala, you know, the, the chariot, you know, like the, the, the Rebbe went in a, uh, a kind of, he didn't just go in a taxi, you know, he went in his taxi, it was like, you know, uh, you know, like the wedding, at the wedding. Yeah, you know, it really, it looks good. I mean, they don't use it much. <laughs> but somehow they maintain it pretty well. So this is like, like the Ramban says, I always tell you that the Ramban at the beginning of the parasha of Titzave, right, Teruma Titzave, Titzave is the parasha of Big Day Kuhuna. The Ramban says that if you want to know how to dress the king, or you want to know how to dress the Kohen Gadol, you have to look at kings. Like you have to look at Hashverosh, you have to look at Homon, like what, they're the ones who are the style setters of their, of that generation. Of that generation. So okay, you know what. So Zaheta to copy a Hashvei Rosh. I don't know if you can copy those French uh, designers. Uh, I don't. I don't like that. 
Because he's being attacked and the attack is growing. It's like growing. We should just stand still and God will take care of it. Well, I mean, like, like I said, I don't know if it's insecure. Like if you teach somebody, teach somebody Torah and you take them along the path and they all disappoint you. So I think it's disappointing. That, you know, it would be strange for Moshe Rabbeinu not to react. Uh, so in any event, what does it say? This, uh, this seems to me. He says, uh, okay, knows that the, the king takes a tax. And so Moshe Rabbeinu mentioned the smallest kind of tax, a donkey. Like you take a donkey from somebody. That's not like taking everything you earned for the last ten years. You know, nothing. I didn't, uh, I didn't do anything bad to them. I didn't uh, uh, make him schlep my wagon or, or do my work. As is common or accepted for a king. Okay, so that's the Ramban. The Ramban sees that there's a pshat, that what Moshe Rabbeinu is not so surprising and not so special and not so interesting. So we have two more sources that we want to look at. One is the Arpeirish of the Arachayim. Actually, three more sources, but uh, we'll start from the Arachayim. Try to do it quickly. We have to get to... Uh, okay, uh, well, we'll try to read it. Kavanah litzad Moshe Rabbeinu saw that they really hated him. emphasizes the hate that they were so filled with hate for Moshe Rabbeinu that he had to say this. Now, listen to the Orachai. So it is Moshe Rabbeinu. He's looking at Datan Vaviram. And he sees terrible people. People who don't deserve uh, anything but the worst punishment. And so Moshe Rabbeinu says, but there isn't anybody who doesn't have some redeeming features. Isn't anybody, somebody once knocked on my door and asked and asked me for a cup of sugar. I gave it to them. I mean, you know, maybe I also killed a few people. You know, all these movies about the mafia dons, you know, they're all elderly, nice people who are trying to, you know, make sure their grandchildren go to college or something. So meanwhile, when they close the door and the other guys come in, they discuss who they're going to kill that day. So does that mean that the the fact that he's concerned about his grandchildren going to college, that he doesn't get any credit for that? I mean, he gets credit for that. So Moshe Rabbeinu, listen to this. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, uh, a third line, or the, here's the fourth line, I'm sorry. 
שאין לך אדם שאין בידו מצוות ומעשים טובים. Even the worst person that you might meet, he has a few mitzvot that he did. Maybe he didn't even want to do them, but he, but he did them. Like, you know, he had a, he had a maidservant or something, and he was nice to her. Not that nice, but nice to her. Ukvar kadam lanu she'en ha-kodesh bochum mekapech zchar kol briyah u-briyah. That ha-kodesh bochum pays or rewards everybody who has any reward coming to them. That's what the Gemara says. Even the wicked will get what they deserve. So here Moshe Rabbeinu is the Yorchayim. Yorchayim says, Moshe Rabbeinu was worried that they're going to get away with it. Uh, it's true they came to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, you shouldn't be our leader. And they said, we don't want to go there, you're not taking us there, it's Israel. They said terrible things. But maybe yesterday, you know, they collected wood for an old lady who needed, uh, who had needed a fire and it was in the, big, in the middle of the winter. So maybe that'll sneak them out of this punishment. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu said, that maybe the merit that they have earned in the past will prevent the punishment from being affected. That's It has to do with the good deeds that they have done in the past. I mean, maybe they... Maybe they did keep it on the aim. Maybe they went to get their father a newspaper or, or, or a glass of coffee. I mean, who knows? Everything is a schut. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, Al-Tefen El-Min Chatan. Don't factor it in. That's according to the Orachayim. But you see, according to the Orachayim, how difficult he found those words, Al-Tefen El-Min Chatan. And the Orachayim, you know, is after Rashi, right? A long time after Rashi. So he had Rashi. He was looking at Rashi and he said, I can't, I can't go with Rashi on this. I have to have something else. I have to get some other idea. Then Tomar, Rashi, It's the end of the seventh line. Or the, now the beginning of the eighth line. So now you can ask me, how can Moshe Rabbeinu say a thing like that? It's like a Moshe Rabbeinu saying, you are Kodesh Baruch you are Tzedek, and you are Emet, and you are righteous. And now, let's give that up for a few minutes, and let's whack away at Tatav Aviram, because they annoyed me. Because I'm angry at them. So, so, so the, the, uh, says, How is God? How can you say to God? Mess up justice. I mean, how do you say anything like that? So, uh, He says, new principle, which we've never heard of, that tzaddikim have the ability to usurp merit from rishaim. They can do that. Because she use shaim muchlatim barah. 
when they see muhlat means complete. They're, they're, they're not just people who do bad things, but they're not redeemable. In, in other words, this whole business, this idea that Rishayim will get credit for the good things that they do, according to Yorichayim, is based on the idea that people do tshuva. It's a way of estimating. Like saying, what's the possibility that a person might do tshuva? So if he has no good deeds to his merit, so no possibility at all. But if he has good deeds, then maybe he'll do tshuva. What is the Arachayim attribute to the, to the tzaddikim? That the tzaddikim will sometimes be able to know who's not going to do tshuva. And if you're not going to do tshuva, there's no reason to give you credit for the good things that you're going to do. That's what, that's what the Arachayim is, is talking about. What? No, no, they perceive that he's not going to do tshuva, and therefore they can ask God to uh, 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 to treat him as a rasha, not as a mixture, not as a blended. Somebody told me that's a new word that you have to know. Like young people know that word. I don't know exactly what it refers to. But like a blended person, he's like a little bit of righteous and a lot bad. So what's going to be with him? Is he going to become righteous? If he's definitely not going to become righteous, that Sadiqim have this ability to see if somebody's not going to become righteous, if he's not going to become righteous, so then you give him the full force of the punishment. What do you need the Sadiqim for, basically? Why can't God do this on, you know, in heaven? But maybe that's how it happens. Maybe that's what the Sadiqim say. They're declarative. Doesn't mean I, Moshe Rabbeinu, and you, HaKadosh Baruch, have to listen, so to speak, to Moshe Rabbeinu, but it means that Moshe Rabbeinu is making a declarative statement about what's going to be. Not, please God, do not uh, uh, pay any attention to their mincha, but God will not pay attention to their mincha because everybody knows that they're not going to do, that they're not going to do tshuva. Okay. Okay, and then he goes on to explain this idea of the tzaddik who knows. So you see that according to the Orachayim, this problem, al tefen el minchatam, and lo, uh, uh, has a different meaning, right? It has a different meaning, and what it means is that you, God, know as well as I, Moshe Rabbeinu, know that they don't deserve consideration. So this idea that started with Rashi, it was in the Ramban, and now it's in the Orachai, even though it's, it's expressed in somewhat different ways, right? In somewhat different ways. Okay. Nevertheless, there's a certain similarity. Let's look at the Kedushat Levi. The Kedushat Levi says, I will see what the Gdushat Levi means in a minute, but in order to do that, we have to learn a little bit of the Noam Elimelech. Excuse me. I think like a shot of whiskey. <laughs>
Listen to the Noam Eli Melech, right there. Noam Eli Melech, Eli Melech of Lizhensk. Right? Who is a Talmud of? Who is a Talmud of? Okay. So you got it. Rav Noam Eli Melech is something special. Something special. Noam Eli Melech. So this is what he, he says. If you start... Naktim the page of pasuk of in the line of thirty six. Vayichal Moshe al tefid al minchatam lochamor echad mehem nasad oret echad mehem. Yesh le dakdek. You see that line thirty seven. Yesh le dakdek alohema haovrim alikaradat. Shabu eitorah bin Hashemayim. Umaramar al tefid. He says he doesn't understand the conversation. This Datagaviram and Korach Vadato, they said Torah is not Minashamayim. How did they say the Torah is not Minashamayim? Like who validates the Torah is Minashamayim? Moshe Rabbeinu. What did they say? Well, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu is right. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu is wrong. So they're saying that the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu is not Minashamayim because if they thought it was Minashamayim, they would not argue with Moshe Rabbeinu. So, 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 what is it that Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to God? The whole point was, up to now, of Jewish history is to get the Torah in Hashemayim, and look up Korach Vadoso, and they say, ain't Torah in Hashemayim, or the Torah that we have is not in Hashemayim. So what is, what is Moshe Rabbeinu saying? I'll take it, I'll Chatam. I mean, what greater sin is there? What more deserving sin could there be for punishment? What's he saying? This is the Noam Elimelech. The ancient Dagdegel, the Obi Malikah Dachem, Rain Tomin Hashemai, Uma Ama Tefen, line 38. Halo Vadaya Dabe Mechehem, Minchote, Minchote, Sheol Chayim. They were living, but they were already in, in Gehenom. The Echaya. Here's a Hasidic question. You know, Hasidim ask these kind of questions. They say, what's Moshe Rabbein? You know what's going on? That, 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 that if they are such wicked people, they're going to get punished? So what is Moshe Rabbein? They go to God to give him advice. What is, why does God need advice about such an outstanding Avera? So he says, Avod, Pesach 39, uh, line 39, What's the Chamor got to do with this? The Mashma, Imayalo, Kech, Rem, Chamor, O Haralahem, Lerarauilam, Onesh, Aramram, Ein Torah, Vanyan Lufla. He says, if you read the Pesach, it comes out something like this. Don't allow them to get off because they were and also I want you to know that I didn't get a donkey from them. So he says, let's read it backwards. We'll inverse it. If I got a donkey from them, then you could let them off. For even though their Avera is that they didn't believe in Torah and Hashemayim. So he says, so the Dahmeli Bell says, that's really crazy. I mean, in his, in his language. That's talking crazy. You see it on line 40. Dehava miderech hatzadik sheino yechol erot v'tzar b'nei adam klal u klal. V'gam b'vnei adam rishaim. 
אין רוצה שיענשו בזה העולם, כי אינו יכול לראות בצהרם. וכן הטבע הצדיקים. ואם אמנם שחטאו והכרחי שישולם להם עונשם, רוצה שיענש בעולם הבא ולא שיראה בצערם בעולם הזה. So he says, that's the nature of a tzaddik. I mean, I don't know if anybody here has ever seen a tzaddik, but the Chavetz Chaim was a tzaddik, Rav Kook was a tzaddik. What do they tell? What stories they tell about the Chavetz Chaim or about Rav Kook? They say that they were great in Avas Yisrael. That's what they say. What does that mean? That was to mean that every person they met had automatic credit. Right? It wasn't like, you know, like policemen. A policeman says, well, who are you? What did you do? Uh, how many times have you been arrested? Right, you know, let's check out the computer. Rav Kook wasn't like that. The Chavetz Chaim wasn't like that. They didn't, they didn't judge a person. They, they loved the people. So that's what he says. He says, Tzadikim can't bear even to see the wicked punished before their eyes. It's like a, like a new principle. And he says, uh, uh, line 42, He would rather that they are punished in private. In the next world, but not in this world. Right? להיות רשע גמור לכפור בתורה חלילה. וגם זאת, so in other words, the, 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 uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is blaming himself. He's saying, לא חמור אחד מהם לקחתי. Meaning, I should have taken a חמור from them. I should have tied them to me more. I should have been able to, uh, uh, I should have been able to be more careful with their education and with their understanding of things. So that the Noam, that, that the Noam Elimelech turns around completely the relationship that exists between Moshe Rabbeinu and his people. And Moshe Rabbeinu in this posuk with the Noam Elimelech turns out to be, turns out to be the great defender of Am Yisrael. And even though Vayichar, even though he was angry, but he was angry at himself, and a person is angry at himself, he doesn't lose his wits. That is quite the contrary. That's the only good thing about anger, is that it can fix you if it's not directed away from you, but it's directed towards you. So along came... The Noam Elimelech, and we see the Kedushas Levi says something similar, but let's just get the Noam Elimelech straight. Right? Meaning, they don't deserve to be punished in public. 
where everybody could see them. I should have taken, I should have allowed them to be, uh, uh, to have shimush with me, to, to be in my, in my company. But because I was so independent, I was able to do everything by myself. I was able to, to, uh, you know, if I had to rent the cars, I went and rented a car. I didn't need somebody to help me rent a car. If I wanted to, to find a place to, to eat or to, or to live or to, I did it all by myself. Because on that time, he says, leadership, leadership that creates a division. I mean, this is the Noah Melimelech, Rabbi Melimelech of the Jensk, the Talmud of Magad Mizrich, whose job was to create Hasidut in Poland. Right? And he did. He did. He says, he says, that's what I should have done. I should not have let them, let them off the hook. I should have insisted that they can be, give me sheirut. Because by giving sheirut to the Adam Gadol, you become part of him and part of what he is interested in, in teaching you. So that this pasuk, taken on face value, taken on face value, we saw as the Rashi, the Rashbam, and, uh, um, and the Ramban. Rashi, Rashbam, Ramban, and maybe also the Unkelos. On the other hand, the Orachayim takes us a little bit away from that simple, direct uh, interpretation, and the Noam Elimelech creates an entirely new Pasuk, something that we hadn't thought of, as something that we hadn't known about, and the way, and explains to us something about the relationship between Moshe Rabbeinu as the leader of his people, and the people who are supposed to be uh, uh, evolved with the ideology that he is professing to teach. Have a good Shabbos.